Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder and CEO of Web3 Labs, and this is your week in blockchain on Monday, the 23rd of August, 2021. The highlights this week include the coin market cap has rebroken $2 trillion. Over the half of the world's largest banks are now investing in crypto and blockchain companies. Dogecoin's foundation is back. Galaxy Digital launches a DeFi index tracker fund. Polygon is to transition to a DAO structure, and SuperRare is launching a token. The market capitalization of of the cryptocurrency markets has broken the $2 trillion barrier again. The last time it was up this high was back in May, which was followed, of course, by um, a big crash in prices. Exactly what the drivers are for this, of course, are not you know crystal clear, but at the same time, um, it, it's certainly a good thing for the markets more generally to see them bounce back so quickly. Uh, one of the interesting movements, though, that has happened in this has been with with Cardano, which has actually overtaken uh, Binance Smart Chain as the third largest uh, cryptocurrency behind uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. So now we have Bitcoin with a market cap of 921 billion, Ethereum 381 and Cardano at uh, 84 billion. So it's uh, been a big move there and is you know, potentially being driven by the interest in the, the smart contracts that are going to be released on the platform which we've spoken about in previous issues. Samsung Electronics, they've partnered with the Bank of Korea to create a platform for central bank digital currencies. They're due to be collaborating uh, to establish this first ever platform for CDBCs in uh, in South Korea. They commenced the pilot project uh, at the end of July, um, which has also had participation from a technology company called GroundX, which focuses on integrating blockchain with other technologies in the market. And they're also a subsidiary of Korea's largest mobile platform, Kakao. Again, CDBCs, it's one of the areas that there's a lot of interest in the application of blockchain technologies. So, you know, seeing seeing this movement here in South Korea is you know, no surprise given all of the other nations that are following suit, but uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, good news again for the adoption of the, the underlying technology and you know, helping to apply it to very well-defined, sensible use cases here. Ethereum's staking contract now holds over 20, $1 billion of Ether, which makes it the largest smart contract uh, holding uh, the cryptocurrency Ether. So th- this, this contract's basically in order to transition off the energy intensive proof of work consensus, which Ethereum and Bitcoin uses currently, um, what they what they have is they have a new network that's been launched, but in order to actually stake on that network, which means put your funds into it and see a return on them, which is currently around 6.5% APR, you need to actually put, send Ether to this specific contract. So uh, th- this is a one-way transaction, but all of the funds that are now locked up into it is a very you know p- positive sign of just you know, continuing to see more and more in- interest in people staking their Ether to see a return on it and, of course, confidence in the underlying technology here as well, which will be transitioned to in early uh, 2022. The majority of the world's largest banks are now invested in crypto and blockchain projects. This is off the back of a research piece that has come from the firm Blockdata. And what they've done is that they've looked at out of the world's largest 100 banks by assets under management, 55 of them have investments in crypto or blockchain related businesses, either directly or through subsidiaries. Uh, They also named who are those most active banks as well. And at the top of the list is the the UK-based bank Barclays, which has got investments in 90 blockchain firms, followed by Citigroup with nine and Goldman Sachs with eight and JP Morgan with seven and BNP Paribas with six. The funny thing though with with Barclays, of course, being at the top of the list, we've spoken previously about how uh, 
And Barclays, uh, as with you know, many of the other UK banks, have been quite um, careful around controlling access to crypto investment platforms for their actual users. So whilst at one level you have them you know, getting involved with these investments in crypto and blockchain companies, at the other side, that's definitely on the more conservative side when it comes to enabling their customers to actually to deal with crypto exchanges and so on. So while not a direct contradiction, it's kind of uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting interesting dichotomy there where they've uh, you know on one hand embracing it but at the other take being quite cautious towards their customers there but of course at the end of the day it is very important that they do protect their customers against the crypto scams and and, and so on and so forth the dogecoin foundation is back it's uh it's been it's been laying dormant for a number of years, but now uh, they've they've actually relaunched it, and it, it's got a new advisory board, which actually has Vitalik Buterin, uh, co- well, the the creator of Ethereum, and uh, the Elon Musk's rep- representative Jared Burchill, uh, according to a statement uh, that was that, that was released. In addition, as well, uh, the the core developers uh, of Dogecoin are on the board. You know, arguably something of not necessarily surprise, but definitely um, a big takeaway here is uh, Vitalik Buterin, uh, the creator of Ethereum. He's been quite vocal in the past about how you know he loves these meme coins, but it's re- it's really coming from the fact that he thinks there's it's a lot of fun and Dogecoin's like one of the original ones there but to have him actually sitting on the foundation there is is, is big news because it, it shows that he's quite in, you know invested in seeing the the success of dogecoin longer term and and also have it having the representative on behalf of elon musk as well there again that's another significant thing because elon's been very vocal about you know dogecoin and so on and so much as people have kind of mocked you know what's happened during the past year with respect to the traction and interest in dogecoin you know this could this could definitely position it as something more serious for for the longer term, having you know, these have, having these people involved in the foundation there, so it's definitely one to watch. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it fundamentally changes what Dogecoin is going to be used for as such, but uh, it's um, you know again a significant piece of news off the back of all of the uh, regulatory woes that we've spoken about uh, on numerous occasions recently with Binance uh, they're, they're now enforcing re- mandatory KYC on all users of the platform um, off the back of this regulatory pressure uh, they're apparently requiring all users to complete intermediary verification G- given all the pressures they've been, un- they've been under it makes sense that they're starting to really step up more actively uh, things that uh, around KYC and just their customer onboarding there yeah so it's, it's, it's certainly a step in the right direction for them. Coinbase has announced its expansion into the Japanese market. We covered that they'd received regulatory approval in a previous edition, uh, but they're, they're going to actually be aided by a partnership with Mitsubishi UFJ Financial Group, which is one of the largest banking institutions in Japan. Coinbase want to be the easiest to use and most trusted exchange there and be fully compliant with all of the local regulations and so you know having this sort of partnership is going to be you know very significant for coinbase in in, in able to actually achieve these aims coinbase has also announced this week that they've received board approval to purchase over 500 million dollars of crypto to hold on their balance sheet uh, to add to their existing holdings and they're actually going to be investing 10 percent of all profit going forward into crypto as well so again it's um no big surprise 
there that Coinbase you know wants to actually hold crypto on their balance sheet. But I think you know one of one of the interesting takeaways here is that they want to invest ten percent of all profit going forward into crypto because you know one of the questions that I think a lot of people have and businesses are thinking about is that you know this this market is growing and growing, but you know what what's kind of a sensible way forward with respect to actually um, you know having greater exposure to the asset class at the more conservative ends of the spectrum. People talk about having maybe you know one to three percent of portfolio holdings in it, um, but then uh, at the other extreme, you have companies who are basically being paid in crypto and keeping a lot of their funds in crypto. And so to see Coinbase come out and say that they're going to be investing ten percent of all profits there, it's you know that's a, it's it's a fascinating peg whether that um, and it starts to be adopted by more companies. We we sh- we shall see, but uh, I, I think it's uh, you know a significant piece of news anyway for them to put out there. So according to the the blockchain uh, data analysis company Chainalysis, uh, they've reported that uh, global cryptocurrency adoption has skyrocketed worldwide, which of course there's no big surprises of. But uh, specifically, there um, you know they they believe that in the last year the um, adoption of them has grown over eight hundred and eighty percent, and these platforms. Platforms in emerging economies are speculated to actually be propelling a lot of this growth as well. In terms of some, breaking down some of the other stats, there the global adoption has um, risen by 2,300% since the third quarter of 2019, and over 880% in 2020. Basically, Microsoft uh, they've released a a paper by their research department uh, where they worked with researchers from Alibaba and Carney Mellie University uh, looking at a blockchain-based incentive system to bolster anti-piracy campaigns. The title of the research talks about this, this incentive system they've named Argus and it, they want it to provide a trustless incentive mechanism while protecting data collected from the open anonymous population of piracy reporters. Really what they want to be able to do here is backtrace pirated content with uh, a watermark algorithm. They've termed this proof of leakage. And uh, the, the idea here is that an informer can actually uh, report that uh, something's been pirated um, without actually owning it. Another fascinating piece of research to come out of uh, Microsoft. TikTok, the, uh, the, the, the very popular video platform, has picked the Audius audio platform streaming service to power their new sounds library. So Audius is a music streaming platform that uses Ethereum and Solana. It's been around since 2018. What Audius want to do is is provide a decentralized media player. And uh, what what they've done with this partnering partnership, um, what they want to do is streamline TikTok's uh, music upload and selection process. And Audius users can now simply upload tracks and share them to TikTok. And uh, this Audius apparently is the first streaming platform to allow direct sharing to TikTok, uh, which is a big win for them, given that they've only recently crossed the 5 million user mark. Researchers have introduced pandemic vaccination distribution scheme using blockchain and 5G. Uh, this is in a in a paper that was published in the IEEE Journal of Medicine, Biomedical and Health Informatics this month. They've come up with this vaccination distribution scheme called VacoChain, and it uses blockchain and unmanned aerial vehicles 
along with 5G communication services for the timely distribution of vaccines. This, this is in order just to, you know, in more remote places and areas where it's harder to actually distribute the vaccines, just make it easier to actually to, to get it to them. So again, it's uh, you know a, a good move forward um, to that end. There's been a, a couple of new uh, initiatives in the sustainability landscape as well that have come out this week with IBM and Mitsubishi to track capture and reuse of CO2 on the blockchain. IBM Japan is partnering with Mitsubishi heavy industries to develop a solution they've called CO2 Nanex uh, that uses blockchain to track the capture and reusage of CO2. Mitsubishi will provide the physical infrastructure and IBM will cr be creating the digital platform to trace it. Total Energies as well, uh, which formerly the energy company Total, have uh, partnered with uh, the blockchain traceability provider Circular to develop a solution for hard to recycle Plastics. The project is called Track Cycle and has had uh, funding from the, the UK innovation agency Innovate UK. The intent here is actually to track the plastics from the waste source uh, through to the recycled polymers. And so organizations can make better decisions uh, about how to promote the right incentive streams to motivate sustainable consumption uh, behavior. The Indian securities regulator CB has uh, mandated blockchain to track bond statuses. So CBE is the Securities and Exchange Board of India. And what they've said is that DLT and blockchain should be used to monitor the status of bonds or other listed debt securities. This isn't actually though to use blockchain to digitize the debt instruments. It's to monitor the assets given as a security for the debenture uh, and whether or not the issuer is up to date with interest payments. So it's really for reporting and transparency purposes here. Uh, but again, it's it's you know very positive news for them to actually be be man mandating this as well. Moving over to protocol news, the, the Polygon network, they've acquired the Hermes network for $250 million and they're going to merge their tokens. And so the Hermes is a ZK, ZK Rollup um, project. So ZK Rollup is one of the scaling technologies which uses something called zero knowledge uh, proofs to actually prove that you know, blocks of transactions have taken place. It's, it's a way of scaling these blockchain networks. Polygon in effect though is acquiring Hermes and giving them uh, $250 million of the Polygon token. So the, there's 26 people currently in the the Hermes team. Um, and, and so again, it's, it's going to be significant in helping propel the growth of Polygon, um, you know, with, with respect to these ZK roll-up technologies, which again is, is a very fast moving uh, area of research and development and certainly viewed as one of the areas that's going to help with scalability of a, a public blockchain application significantly. Polygon have also announced that they're going to be forming a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization. Their plan is that this, this, they're going to transition to this DAO based governance and it can attract 100 million users and so the idea is is that the community will have an ongoing say in the development of the protocol and they, they view this as a next logical step uh, for this. Vitalik Buterin in a blog post has also uh, broken down this week how following the, the London hard fork that happened earlier in the month how it's uh, actually increased the Ethereum blockchain capacity by 9%. This did explain as well why the overall um, you know, Ether used or gas used in transactions uh, went up to more than, from 92 to more than 100 billion um, ar around the, the time of the update. But uh, he's broken down in this blog post exactly um, what, how it has added additional capacity there, which uh, I won't go into, into detail here, but you can certainly read the post uh, on this. Usama Network, the um, R&D network associated with Polkadot, 
they've set to launch their next five parachain auctions in the coming weeks. Uh, they we, we spoke previously about how in June the the the, the first uh, parachain auctions completed and they were successful, and so um, the, this will be an opportunity for projects to actually uh, auction and um, be basically using the, uh, the, the, the the natives on the Kusama parachain. Over in DeFi news, the Poly Network, which we spoke about last week after they had their record-breaking $600 million hack, uh, they've they've created a bug bounty program now in order to help prevent uh, exploits like these happening again in the future. Uh, the, the intent here is that uh, you know they're, they're offering $500,000 to uh, Mr. White Hat who uh, you know, did perform the actual hack previously, but they also want to ensure that um, you know people are well compensated if they identify vulnerabilities again in the future. There was also an interesting uh, piece that came out this week that one of the Ethereum decentralized exchanges managed to avoid a 350 million DeFi hat thanks to uh, White white hat uh, hacker so there was a bit dow token sale on sushi swaps miso platform uh, which is a launch pad um, for for new tokens and the, the sale went through um, raising 365 million um, but, but apparently while, while the sale was was taking place uh, someone ident- a white hat hacker identified a potential vulnerability there but discussed this with the sushi swap team and bit dow and, and ultimately they they closed the token sale uh, in order to neutralize the potential threat and uh, fortunately in this guy in this regard no one actually um, exploited the platform and uh, managed to, to move move forward okay and uh, the the relevant uh, holes can be fixed in the underlying smart contract another piece from vitalik booter in this week uh, he believes that uh, that decentralized governance is actually holding back the DeFi ecosystem, and so with with um, you know a lot of the governance structures that are used by these DeFi projects now, they actually they use tokens um, and and voting mechanism based on you know the, the holdings of token holders. Um, and he, his, his, his view is that they need to move beyond how it exists in its current form because there's sort of this misalignment of incentives um, and the vulnerability to things like vote buying and so on here. So again, an- an- another another um, piece that's worth reading a bit more into if you want to know more. The DEX aggregator 1inch uh, has expanded onto the Ethereum scaling solution Optimism Optimism and Polygon, they're the two dominant networks that companies are using to actually scale on top of Ethereum. And so, you know, one inch expanding onto that, um, you know, no, no, no big surprises there. But of course, it means that they can uh, start to handle greater transaction throughput, which apparently will be up to 2000 transactions per second um, um, on the Optimism Ethereum platform. Obviously, one inch wouldn't be you know, taking all of that, but it's a significant increase of Ethereum's current, which is is around 15. The Avalanche Protocol, they've launched a $180 million DeFi incentive scheme uh, alongside Aave and Curve. So the Avalanche Foundation, who uh, run the Avalanche blockchain, they've created this new incentive program called Avalanche Rush. And uh, what they're, put, they're putting up $180 million in incentives to, to lure more DeFi assets and applications to the network. And again, this, this, this is what we've seen again and again with a lot of these protocols, they're very well funded, and so they've they've got these incentive schemes that they're creating in uh, in order to actually get you know get people building more on the different platforms. And so there's you know, a lot of opportunity there for people. Galaxy Digital, uh, the the cryptocurrency trading firm run by Mike Novogratz, has launched a DeFi index fund as well, which is a passively managed vehicle that tracks the performance of the newly launched Bloomberg Galaxy DeFi index. 
Uh, it seeks to provide institutional investors access to returns based on the performance of DeFi tokens and expo offers exposure to um, lending and exchange platforms like Uniswap, Aave, MakerYearn and others. And it's seeded by NZ uh, funds here. The custody firm Anchorage uh, has launched a governance voting uh, with, the, with uh, Aave as well. So the um, cryptocurrency Anchorage firm is offering blockchain governance voting services, uh, working with Aave on this. So institutions and token holders can use Anchorage's governance portal to participate in on-chain governance, which is critical to Aave. And so this system actually uses a separate voting key so digital assets themselves can remain in storage. And so it's a, you know, a big um, step step forward here in terms of um, being able to enable the sort of governance of the underlying platform. Over in NFT news, Time Magazine and Cool Cats uh, are working to get working to give away NFTs for great memes. So Time, we've spoken previously about how they've sold a number of uh, NFT magazine covers, um, which you know, were very successful. Um, they're getting back into crypto collectibles with this collaboration with Cool Cats, which is a new series of NFTs which spans 400 images across four different designs and each features an adorable cat illustration similar to those from Cool Cats but now they're shown reading Time magazine in each image. Uh, these uh, these collectibles won't be sold off or auctioned off directly to collectors. Um, they're going to Time and Cool Cats are actually going to be holding a competition who can make the best memes related to the project as judged by the collaborators. So it'll be you know, a nice way for people to actually get their hands on some, uh, some, some NFTs for free if they're uh, you know creatively enough inclined with uh, their, their memes there alibaba has announced it's launching an nft marketplace for copyright trading and this this allows uh, trademark holders to sell tokenized licenses to their intellectual property the nft marketplace which is called the blockchain digital copyright and asset trade um, which can be accessed via alibaba's auction platform and nfts launched via the platform will be issued on the new copyright blockchain um, which is this DLT platform, which is centrally operated by the Sichuan uh, Blockchain Association Copyright Committee. The intent here is that this uh, this this platform will target writers, musicians, artists, and game developers. But it's, it certainly seems like a, you know a, a good route forward in terms of having something that provides greater transparency on on copyrights and uh, ownership of uh, these these sorts of assets. The digital collections platform Terra Virtua has moved uh, from Ethereum to Polygon due to their concern around the electricity usage on the Ethereum network. Um, and so they've, they've chosen Polygon in order to, to help uh, you know, re reduce the energy consumption required to actually uh, launch an NFT. And also the, the NFT marketplace on Ethereum Super Rare is launching a token and it's giving away 150 million of them. So Super Rare is one of the leading marketplaces for NFT artwork that's tokenized on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, and they're looking to decentralize the project. And so they're launching this rare curation token um, and a DAO to support it. Previously, um, the Super Rare staff have basically, you know, had the discretion to decide who actually lists things on the platform but they're going to open it up so you can have these community operated spaces which will allow you know a wider array of artists to join the platform and then the um this DAO will actually manage the growing treasury of um you know rare and eth so again it's, it's a you know, significant step forward there we saw uniswap um, a year or two back actually transition to providing its own token which was you know very very successful uniswap's the leading decentralized exchange so whether you start to 
to see something similar happening with these these NFT venues. Um, it's it, it seems logical that it could you know follow what what happened in DeFi there. So definitely one to watch. And then finally, the uh, the, the co-founder of um, Vines is making playable video games as Ethereum NFTs. And so this new project, which is called Subdrive, which is an NFT project, uh, who's um, the co-founder of the shuttered looping video service Vine. It's going to be an on-chain fantasy console where the NFTs can serve as the video games. If you own the NFT, then you can play it with the Subdrive virtual firmware software. So it, initially, the roster of games is going to be fairly small, but uh, over over time, uh, the the creator Hoffman he intends to actually open it up to a number of different c- collaborators. Uh, another fun idea of uh, for for use of N- NFTs, and um, yeah, you, you can certainly see there being some interest here in terms of people owning these collectible video games uh, for the platform. Moving on to our crypto metrics, uh, the crypto market cap is, uh, as we said earlier on, it's broken two trillion, so it's currently at two point one trillion dollars. That's up uh, almost seven percent from last week. Assets locked in DeFi has remained relatively stable at uh, just over eighty three billion dollars, and then the seven day NFT sales are up fifteen percent at uh, over two hundred ten million, with an average price up twenty five percent to $3.7,000. That's all we have for this week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube channel, and leave reviews as well. They're definitely uh, appreciated. Links to all items discussed are available in the show notes and on our website, weekinblockchain.com. We've also just launched a new podcast called Blockchain Innovators, where I speak to people who have made significant contributions to the blockchain ecosystems, Find out what inspires these people, get their thoughts on the latest industry news and events spanning crypto, blockchain, protocols, DeFi, NFTs, DAOs, and IoT. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.